Hi there, guys. We're back with another episode of Honesty. It's myself, Stacey, joined by Mia and Poonam. But also this week, we've got two very special guests, two of my favorite people on the planet. We have Pankti and Faz. Hey. Hello. Took you guys long enough to invite us on here. God. (laughs) Very sorry. Come with the shade straight away. (laughs) I mean, if we're going to come with this shade, who made us reschedule from last week? I'm here with the tea. I'm here with the tea. Yeah, I, I'm ready. I, uh, I feel like with all the technical difficulties I've had this evening, it's, um, well, it's one way to make an entrance. Yeah, <laughs> That's a good have. point. That's yeah. a good point. <laughs> and well, before we get too much into the chat with this week, we'll start in our usual way with our sanctuary apps. And interesting, I'm just going to point out for anyone that doesn't know Faz, she's like my res- my resident astrology expert. So, Faz, if you've got any insights on what 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 Sanctuary is telling us today, please do please do provide. Yeah, I'm going to just jump in here and say that I don't actually use Sanctuary apart from looking at the infographics on Instagram. Although I've had the app for a long time, and a little little plug for my favorite astrologer, who's Chani Nicholas, and I love her horoscopes, her website everything and she weaves in politics and social commentary into her horoscopes and they're always very very accurate so it's my little intro hashtag not spawn what was, what was that no name again uh, not sponsored no one is willing to pay me money for my opinion they just they don't even ask me for my opinion <laughs> no no the name of the person you said oh sorry i thought this was a therapy session um <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry that's been every other week so far. <laughs> <laughs> Apologies in advance if I start crying. Um, it is Chani Nicholas. So it's pronounced Chani like Annie, but it's spelled C-H-A-N-I. And then her surname is Nicholas. And she's got a website and an Instagram with her, like, her name is the, is the username. So definitely recommend checking her out. Amazing. There we go. Check her out. Um, and to kick us off, uh, Mia, why don't you go first? What's Sanctuary telling you? Okie dokie. It's probably telling me that I have coronavirus. Um, give me 24 hours and I'll let you know if I do, because I've just sent the test off. Um, so I'm a Gemini, um, and it's saying, your creativity is overwhelmingly astute today. How many ideas can you write down? Don't let them escape your mind. Tell me more. Allow yourself to imbue wor- your words with passion. People are inspired by how well you do you. Just trust the instincts you're following. Now on to my rising, which is a Virgo. Whether it's finding new stability financially or sorting out how you can help charitable causes, you've got money on the mind. Now that Mercury is no longer retrograde, look into larger decisions that impact the goals you have, materi- you have materially in a positive way. Uh, power emoji is a palette um, of like paint, painting things. Uh, and... Um, Oh my god, I've got a little I voted sticker and it says paid for Biden for president and I fully support that because get rid of the Cheeto. Yes. Um <laughs> I love mine because um you know it's it's uh, it's really interesting because talk about you know finding stability financially or sorting out how you can have charge because you've got money on the mind today. Um and I kind of do, not necessarily money, but um the first um so I'm starting off uh, so I'm expanding my my my, my personal business of the 13th fall to doing um, wax melts um, for the Christmas period. And all the materials that I ordered, the first one arrived today, which are um, 100% environmentally friendly, um, um, recycle, 
recycled paper and recyclable jiffy bags um so yeah i was really excited when i got those so yeah it's really apt i love it and i always have like 10 billion ideas going on at once so (laughs) i like it and the little palette thing is um great because i need to I need to finish off painting my mural in my in, I on, my, say, on my wall. I swear you've mentioned that like every week for the past like months. <laughs> Bitch, do you know how big it is when I come here and paint it? <laughs> are you guys know? You are finished it. Okay, why are you dragging me though? <laughs> Mia's a painter, did you guys know? Yes. Okay, I'm, I'm glad. I colour outside the line. It's so creative. No, it's really cool That's though. very nice. I like your expansion news that came out today that yeah. that is really cool all inspired by stacy she was the driver in this movement so yeah i'm really excited we love to see it we do indeed uh pank tea why don't you go next um okay so um i'm a pisces born in feb um so it says today's sky is far from subtle it's time to lean into your most poetic self I'm not very poetic. Anyway, and wear your heart on your sleeve. Anything else will feel fake. Tell me more. Get serious about whoever is bringing you immense love and passion right now. Consider what your next steps are towards finding deeper connection. Which is interesting because I think I was talking to me like two days ago and I said I felt really like disconnected from people. So, um, mm-hmm. which is, yeah, this is pretty interesting. Uh, so my rising, which I just checked because I, like a fool, didn't know what my rising was. It's Sagittarius. I don't know if that Ooh, means anything. Oh, a Sag. But what does that mean? <laughs> oh, we love that. <laughs> Faz is a Sagittarius. I am. And it's, I mean, I'm not biased, but it is the best sign. So, Snap, twins. Obviously, I think, uh, what is it? Stacey and Tunem are Cancer in New Rising. That is correct. That is correct. Wow. See, I follow, I follow honesty. It's great. Um, yeah, we got a fan so, on our hands. I do, I do. <laughs> so my rising says that well does it is that my rising anyway the pressure valve is finally releasing today you'll feel it um in the most in, you'll feel it the most in your relationships as you regain a sense of stability with others uh, tell me more about my rising there's less to men than you think focus on being honest about your feelings in order to get to the root root of the past discomfort you've experienced um yes which is good because at work today i definitely felt like there was I was getting to the into the groove of things and I was you know gaining a lot more stability um within just like my work workmates and lab mates so I definitely felt like comfort in the past and I I assume everyone feels anyway but there's so much there was so much instability just when I started work just with it being pushed back and how long it was going to be extended for my contract but Today, I definitely felt like there were, I was gaining some stability, some motion in my work, which is which We is love good. that. Um, yes. And because I have iOS, thank you. Uh, today's tarot card is the chariot. <laughs> and it says, what are you going to do with all these wide open spaces? The world is waiting for you and all you have to do is take the first step. And my starry-eyed news is today's election day. Make sure you vote, please. For Biden. <laughs> yes, if you're voting, only for <laughs> Biden, <know>. please. <laughs> uh, please make sure you vote. And that's my that's my um sanctuary reading. Ooh, right. So uh, the Ooh. chariot is about drive and determination, autonomy, meditation, negotiation. Nice. Mm. I definitely felt driven, like determined to get 
all my work done today. It didn't work, but that's a different story. You know, 70% of science is just failed experiments. (laughs) It's fine. She tried. Science is tough. You're doing God's work. Yeah. (laughs) I know. No, it's good. All the actual medical doctors (laughs) are going to be like, no, but uh, that's me. (laughs) Why don't we go... We'll go poo... <laughs> we'll uh we'll go with Poonam next because you three are all born in the first half of the year and myself and Faz are born in the last half of the year. So Poonam, why don't you go next? Okay. Uh I am an Aries and as we said, cancer rising. So it says ready to receive an energetic burst question mark communication planet mercury ends its retrograde today and the moon has your mind in an active place. Put in work towards sorting out conflict that arose in the last few weeks in your partnerships or even romantic partnership, bracket S. <laughs> Use your voice. All roads lead back to wherever it is you call home today. Mercury retrograde is finally over and it's time to meditate on what the hell happened. That was my rising. Tell me more about my rising. Be present in your space and look out for messages from your closest friends and family. They've got something important to tell you. Honestly, yeah, my power emoji is a heart with a ribbon tied around it. And I can't lie, the rising is speaking to me. I think this whole thing is, yeah. Relationships have been difficult recently, I think. I just have like reclused a little bit. So it's kind of nice to have something that speaks to me a little bit more. Look out for messages. Oh, I want to go home. Apparently I'm going to come home today. And I want to. I thought you were at home. That's me. (laughs) I was going to say, are you? I'm so confused. Where are you? Um, I'm at home. (laughs) From a philosophical perspective, though, Uh, (laughs) home is not a place, but a feeling. It is. And that was what I was tapping into, you know? So, yeah, God. We would, just, we would just sing happened? it too literally. I do apologize. Home is where the heart is. <laughs> Thank you, guys. I accept that well, apology. <laughs> I don't apologize. Fuck you. Line syndrome. Right, next up, Faz. Alrighty. So I am a Sagittarius sun. So my horoscope is going to sound the same as Pankti's. Um, So the pressure valve is finally releasing today. You'll feel it the most in your friendships as you regain a sense of stability with others. Um, There's less men than you think. Focus on being honest about your feelings in order to get to the root of past discomfort you've experienced. Um, Well, I had today off from work. So I guess in that sense, the pressure valve has finally released because I've been away from the office. Did I feel at most of my friendships? Did I regain a sense of stability? I had a lot of technical issues getting onto this call. So (laughs) I I think my energy has screamed instable this evening. Um, instable? Instability. Unstable. I'm sorry, I did English at uni. Um, <laughs> there's less to men than you think. Well, some reassurance. Focus on being honest about your feelings. I'm being honest about my feelings and, well, I think I need to book in a therapy session. My writing side <laughs> is Libra. My love, I love my chart. I really do. Um, it's time to forgive yourself. Oh, thank you. I do need to forgive myself. Um, yeah. Last few weeks weren't easy and the lessons you've learned from them won't solidify in front of you right away. Research your way out of the hole you've dug. There are endless options for learning and embracing new life theories out there. Go find them. Well, 
I have been studying for my master's so I guess it's like on a literal sense knowledge and like opening myself up to new ways of learning kind of experimenting with like new narrative styles in my creative writing um so there's that and then today's tarot card is the six of pentacles so uh it says every one of us has experienced hardship if you're in a position to help those in need extend the kindness you wish you'd received which, um, to be honest with you, I know more about astrology than tarot, but the little that I do know about the Six of Pentacles, because uh, the images of someone sort of giving gold coins to someone who looks like they're begging, it's about a kind of extending your energy to other people, I guess, making time for others, valuing energy, wealth, abundance, etc. But it's interesting to me, because I feel like I've spent today very much focusing on my own energy as opposed to giving it away. So I guess if I saw it in reverse, kind of inverse <laughs> and taking that, um dedication and attention and investment and energy to myself that's my interpretation and uh, you you pretty much got that i was gonna say on. she's coming yeah. for she's coming for your crown yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you got yeah. that pretty much on so six pentacles is generosity giving and receiving res- um, support charity and a donation of resources mm-hmm. um people often take um the visual cues or you know the cards literally but but generosity and giving and receiving the sport you can do with oneself. And I think it's really important to do so, especially in the current climate, you know. So uh, I'm glad you've done that. And I'm glad um, you took some, like, you know, you t- it was inward today. You were giving it to yourself, honey. And we live right. for that. Oh, look at that. And you're feeding into my horoscope of new life theories and, like, new ways of learning. Ah, uh, yeah. the connections. Ah, uh, oh. insane. Right. Stacey. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So I'm a Scorpio. It is still Scorpio season. Here we are. <laughs> None of those noises were me. Just gonna put that out there. It was. It was all Stacey. Why are you fibbing? Didn't they sound like me? Everyone else is on mute. What are you talking about? Yeah, that's what we can hear you right now, isn't it? <laughs> These are all just the voices in your head. Swiftly moving on. Uh, so mine says Mercury retrograde might be over, but you've still got some deep contemplating to do. You're processing the past rapidly right now. Surround yourself with people who aren't afraid to transverse the shadowy depths of your thoughts today. Focus on being true to your darker side. Hmm. And then my hmm. rising is the same as Poonam. So it's the all roads lead back home. And quite literally they did today because I've been away for a couple of days and I drove home. So in a very literal sense, that was kind of relevant today. Mm-hmm. And then like my my tarot is the page of pentacles. And it says the page brings messages of good fortune. If you put in the hard work, there's no end to what you can grow. Mm-hmm. Any insight, Mia? So, um, sorry, I keep needing to cough. Um, pentacles are connected to the material world, so work, health, and money. And sorry, what did you say? It was the page. The page, yeah. So the page is sort of um, correspondences are student, curiosity, focus, messenger, or message by arriving by post. So it's interesting. So, um, sorry, I am. Um, oh my God, my throat is just. It's sealing up, fam. It's stressful. Oh. So I would say curious. Um, and also, you know, the whole messenger message arriving by post i would fully just be like keep an eye out like you know not my new logbook came today (laughs) with my new red on (laughs) love that make it a literal post but there's also like you know um a whole form of like posts can be posts can sometimes be a um more of a modern word and has a modern 
um just some message in some sense yeah like keep your eye open keep your eyes peeled you may be starting to notice notice things that have some correlations so yeah love it well we'll see we'll see if i get any more messages by the end of the day we've got another four hours to go um (laughs) see we'll move on to this week's topic so it's a big one it's it's a big one we're going to be discussing societal pressures on women (laughs) i don't know about you but it makes me sigh just saying that in itself um i'm aware in advance that a lot of the narrative and a lot of the facts and stuff that i may reference today i think are quite heteronormative just going to put that out there i know it's not representative of all people by any means Mm -hmm. um but just for the purposes of the discussion it may well kind of align more that way a bit more traditionally Um, don't worry i'll cover you on the queer side of there we go there we go Mia, mia will mia will educate um, that's what we live for. Um, <laughs> so we're going to start it off with a bit of a guessing game. So I couldn't find any UK-based research on this, but I found some American stats. And I can't imagine they'll be too dissimilar. Of course. Um, so there was a, a social research site, um, and it basically looked into what society thinks uh, people value most in men and what they value most in women. So... Why don't you guys guess what the top, we'll go with the top three things that apparently society values most in women. Have a guess. Beauty. I was going to say, yeah, some sort of like physical, like attribute, something to do with the physical. Okay, that's one guess. They can cook. Yeah. Being able to have children. Okay, that's three guesses. Anyone else? Any more for any more? Um, Age, for sure. Like being younger. Oh, yeah. Right, there we go. We've got four. Any more? Wait, can I, um, like, oh, wait, wait, did someone already say, like, having kids? I was going to say, like, you know how there's a stereotype of women being more nurturing than men? So, like, the ability to come across as more of a nurturer or a provider in, like, a homely sense as opposed to a financial sense. Mm. Yeah. Any more guesses? Religion. Like a simple mm. Christian girl from the South. <laughs> From a specifically <laughs> South Carolina, I'm guessing. South Carolina. <laughs> right, okay, interesting. And before I reveal the results, I'll get you to guess the same thing, but what society values most in men. Oh, I don't like, like this. I don't like it. Yeah. yeah. I think like, um, money, like what their like earning potential yeah. is. Like their being body. Leader, being a leader, like leadership or ambition or like being able to make money. and Yeah. Um, big and hairy so like you, can, you know they're like a hunter ga- they're a hunter not a gatherer and they like mm-hmm. reek of pheromones what about um schlong size oh my god big old dick <laughs> are they packing the meat oh my god do they got that bratwurst or is it a cocktail sausage <laughs> what's happening oh my god <laughs> before this gets any more so you gotta be as well for sure you gotta be oh like, yeah so you're gonna be hard working, hard working at the in gym. Aspects. Okay, interesting. So I'll reveal. Oh, oh, sorry, we got another one. Uh, ability to attract women. So like physical. Yeah, I think maybe I'm mean? thinking more like being able to be a player or like just have loads of girls. But that's really generalized. Like courtship. Actually, can I? Do they look like a fuck boy? <laughs> 
Can I add one on to that, actually? So, I mean, I don't know know how to put this. So, I feel like society um, values aggression more in men than it does in women. So, it's kind of like aggression is something that, you know, we vilify in women and we run from. But for men, it's like, oh, you know, he's just like, well, again, coming back to the leadership thing, he's just passionate. He's just Um, an alpha. Yeah. Mm. Assertive. Like he's strong and he's like, yeah, you know, like he's tough kind of thing. All that stuff, it all gets lumped in the same same boat. Okay, interesting. I'll reveal the men's ones first and then I'll do the women's ones because I'm sure we'll have a little bit more to say about the women's ones. Um, so number one in, in what, the, what Americans think society values most in men is honesty slash morality. I was genuinely surprised. That's this got the highest, 33%. That's a lie. You know the sample <laughs> was fucking lie. Yeah, there's someone is like, is it because there's so many dishonest men? Like that's a politics. fair point. Like, I, like I mean, I'm, I'm thinking yeah. about. I mean, you know, the topic being the election. I mean, I'm just gonna leave that there. Yeah, that that says that says enough. Yeah. In Impeach the oh, Cheeto. <laughs> More than enough. Right, number two with twenty three percent is professional slash financial success. Boom the money that one comes with less I mean, surprise i thought that would have yeah. been first mainly because i'm a gold digging hoe <laughs> we appreciate the honesty as ever i really thought physical attraction yeah. was going to be that's above actually in sixth place no i'm not no. surprised by that nah i'm not surprised by that people put so much pressure on the woman to be the pretty one and then the men can be like whatever the fuck they want as long as they're able to make all that moolah without sounding too simple you know what i mean do you think everyone who participated in the survey with statistics like did the whole no 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 personality is way more important than 100 percent. i was just gonna Quite say probably, that probably yeah <laughs> God, we're all just yeah. so deep i feel like pretty. if i think they would have probably asked more of this of women as well to comment on what society expects in men and i think women are more likely to overthink yeah. and think that they have to answer in a certain way yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Number three yeah. with 19%. Well, actually, no, we have a joint third place. Um, both at 19% is ambition slash leadership and strength slash toughness. Mm-hmm. That alpha male bullshit. And then I'll read <laughs> I'll read a few more. So 18% wow. we have hard work, 11% physical attractiveness, and then empathy slash nurturing, also 11%. Then we have loyalty and dependability at 9%, 8% intelligence, 5% being family orientated, and 5% politeness slash respectfulness. Wow. <laughs> I like how intelligence was wow. like so low. Nah, like... how is politeness at the bottom? <laughs> be a dickhead, but have good money, physical attractiveness, and be strong. Then come for right. me in it. Punch me in the throat is fine, but you know what? You make coin. It's all good. Like, what yeah. kind of foolishness? We're all like, it makes sense. Waiting to be disrespected. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you guys, sorry, off the thing. I can't believe you just said that. So true. (laughs) I mean, like, it's just like 5%. Yeah. I mean, like, we should be so lucky if we get respect from, like, we should be grateful. We should be. I love how the first one is honesty and it's just like, yeah, be honest, but I just want you to be a dick about it because I don't want you to be polite. That's basically (laughs) what he's saying. 
like disrespect me but then oh okay sorry off topic again but I feel like the whole being honest and being straightforward slash blunt gets muddled up together so much and and this goes for men and women by the way just just so we're just so we're being fair here like being honest you can be honest without being a dick about it and yet so many people into they use the two interchangeably and it's just uh, a whole mess there is, a, there is a line there. It can be a fine line, but there is definitely a line. Oh, 100%. I'm very truthful, but I'm so nice about it. Like, do you want a gum? Or should I teach you how to brush your teeth? You know, I'm, I just do it in nice ways. That reminds me of another argument I saw, which was niceness versus kindness. And I think you can be brutally honest and say that's kind, or you can be polite and not be honest at all and say that's nice. It's so interesting. What do you think people yeah. prefer, though? Like I hate fake people. Yeah. I, I love a I love a brutal yeah. bitch. I want you to come up same. to me and say, "Your breath smells like booty holes, and there's parsley in your teeth." <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know nice people, and <laughs> <laughs> but they don't realize that you can see right through it. Though I don't understand how they just don't like. I can tell you're lying to me. Don't, yeah. yeah like i know the truth tell tell me i look like like a tramp today i know yeah, i won't you know you look like shit and like someone's like oh my god i love the i, I love your top today i'm like bitch it ain't been washed in two weeks shut up <laughs> i got two faced on it I, like, I won't name any names here like for reference um pankty and faz went to school with me and poonam um, there was a girl in our school that 100% did this. Stacey. <laughs> and it used to annoy me Stacey, much. please. <laughs> because she, I felt mm, she just careful. always told me what I wanted to hear and was never, like, just telling me her opinion. Like, there was no backbone there. Oh, my God. So was it like a Regina a George? Stacey, I love please. that skirt. It's fucking Every... disgusting. <laughs> I no one's going to guess who I'm on about. Oh, oh my God. It's like Patricia, isn't it? <laughs> 100 percent that bitch patricia we're gonna need oh a my god it is so i can kind of just confirm <laughs> my i was gonna say <laughs> tell me we'll do, we'll do. right <laughs> on to the women's um i'll start at the bottom we'll, we'll go bottom up this time so bottom on the list is ability to multitask with five percent interesting seems like we're naturally good it's it's like, yeah. Yeah. impossible to multitask I would say no because I think I do it a lot. Isn't it? Are you good at doing two things at once and balancing I'm, I'm one thing on the other? I think our definition of multitasking is very different to what science would. Science it literally like egg and also, also like sew a fucking I don't know patch on some jeans imagine i'm just there in the lab like yeah i'm just boiling an egg on the side and then like we think a bit more like two pipettes in one hand wearing multiple hats that's what i think of as multitasking yeah i guess it depends on the activity that you're doing like i mean i can't read something on one site and then listen to a video in like at the same time um but i could respond to emails whilst also like frying an egg i don't know where these examples are coming from Sorry, <laughs> valid point <laughs> you know yeah craving the fried egg actually yes now yeah. i am right next on the list we have politeness and respectfulness <laughs> equally at five percent the same as what they put for men Ooh. 
We all uh, just want to be disrespected, don't apparently we? Apparently so. Wow. Uh, five at also five percent is strength slash toughness. <laughs> apparently, we're just weak. Weak and mild. Listen, this is some bullshit, okay? Because if <laughs> I was looking for a female partner, that'd be top on the list. Because I'm a, I could, I'm, <laughs> I love me a strong bitch. You know what I mean? Like this is stupid. <laughs> Listen, okay, I'm the kind of person who doesn't like making two trips to yes. the car when I'm bringing my shopping in. Why would you not be tough, right? I'm, ca- I'm carrying 10 bags. I'm going to bring those 10 bags inside the house. I'm not going to make two trips. Right. This is all physical strength, right? Because I'm, I'm thinking, I wonder if emotional strength. It could be both. It, it doesn't Ooh. define it. Because I feel like there's more pressure for men to kind of bottle it up and be emotionally strong, but there's more pressure for women to be emotionally strong mm. on a daily basis, but then also not so mm. much leeway for them Definitely. to cry. Next at six percent, we have independence slash self reliance, which wasn't oh was that meant that wasn't mentioned at all on the men's values. Hmm. I guess if you if they want someone who's financially stable, then that is kind of a given, right? What the loyalty and dependability Ish. one. Yeah. I don't know. Mm. I'd have expected it to come on the men's list more than an, I would have expected it to be on the women's mm. one. But hey ho, we it's move no, on. It's because we can't depend on women and we men and we know that. <laughs> Another good point. Another good point. Uh right, next. At eight percent we have professional slash financial success, which is compared to twenty three percent in men. Did you just say eight percent? Yeah. Eight percent. Wow, that is so low. We don't need jobs. God. Have my baby stay at home. <laughs> that- Miss South, Car- <laughs> South Carolina coming out. Miss South Carolina, come back. My name is Philippa. <laughs> I'm sorry, but when did what you win this contest? This? <laughs> <laughs> it's all fake, but well, I want to I'm really lost right now. <laughs> what year was setting? Sorry, I just think... Philippa? <laughs> I just... I... You said it's Miss South Carolina, right? So obviously oh. I actually went, like, a step ahead and we were... <laughs> so you took that to, like, another level. <laughs> Miss South Carolina, oh I won the contest because I made the judge a cherry pie, if you know what I mean. Moving oh. <laughs> <laughs> on again... Uh, so (laughs) joint at nine percent we have ambition slash leadership and then also hard work and good work ethic against 19 percent for ambition in men and 18 percent for hard work and good work ethic isn't that ironic Mm. how why yeah like like why is success lower than like don't they go hand in hand yeah you know uh they're both low yeah i think they're both they're both like relatively low compared to what they put for men because we don't need jobs we don't need any ambition we don't need to work hard we don't need any strength we don't need to be independent we don't need to be polite apparently don't need to be able to multitask don't need to be oh i forgot competence and ability uh, and loyalty and dependability apologies they were hand in hand at seven percent we don't need to be competent either so now that we've just basically define the fact that a woman's existence is essentially robotic and and somewhat meaningless um i mean this is somewhat triggering 
an existential crisis. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> and we're not even done yet. <laughs> what am I supposed to do? <laughs> like the 20% I want to know like, what's at no. top. Yep. So next at 14%, in fourth place, we have honesty and morality. Versus 33%, okay. men need to, pa- need to apparently be twice as honest and moral as us. I mean, there is that stereotype, right? Men lie. <laughs> I need to know who's I being questioned. I apologize. I have a screenshot. I don't. I don't want to look through the whole website to find the stats, but yeah. I can do a, a later uh, date. What? It just says survey of U.S. adults conducted August eighth to twenty first yeah. and September fourteenth to twenty eighth, two thousand seventeen. And what is that? I don't know. Size? I don't is know. It I apologize. What's happening here? Is it across the states? I was going to ask, yeah. like, who who wrote states? this? It was BuzzFeed. One state? Oh, God. Don't even get, get me started on BuzzFeed. <laughs> I don't know the answers to these things. And I'm sorry, sorry Stacey. For that. Continue. Uh, third place, 22% intelligence, which is uh, versus 8% in men. So they do actually think oh, we need God. to be smart. <laughs> we don't need to be competent, but we need oh, to be intelligent. To say. Jesus. And then second place, 30%, we have empathy slash nurturing slash kindness. Yeah. Oh, that childbearing habit coming again. I bet. Yeah. I bet a physical, like... You would be correct. With 35% is nah. physical attractiveness. Madness. I mean, Madness. I see it. Let's be honest. So it's like threefold uh, higher uh, than men. Uh, yep, like- 11% of men. You know what it feels like? Uh, if men would ask this question, you know, what are the top three traits in women that you would like hold uphold? Um, that they wouldn't even think about morality or competency. Like mm. that just wouldn't be a thing that like the first three, if they only had she three cooks to fill. She gotta have some big old titties and a fat ass. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think that they intentionally um, like would not would like exclude the ones that fell lower they down. Be it's just of. that those, mm. yeah, mm. yeah. Do you reckon yeah, they were no, given really... the oh. questions th- and they marked it one to ten, yeah, or do you that. think they took answers and then quantified it in their interpretation? I of what think they, they meant. probably quantified it because there were mm. more responses in the women's list than there were in the men's yeah. list. Um, but yeah, what we'll do is we'll we'll take apart the top three for women's. So opening it up to the floor, we'll stick with number one, which is physical attractiveness. What kind of pressure do we feel to be physically attractive as women in society? I mean, you just have to look at dating apps to try and understand that everything's based around the mm. physicality of what someone looks like. Case in point, Tinday you know tinder grinder whatever you're using it's all based around the you know your physical appearance and you know how would you say the pressure differs though between men and women on apps like that considering it said it insinuates that the pressure on women is a lot higher i don't know i don't know if it's uh, sorry because i'm going to say anything um no i've just seen that a lot of my friends or guys have the app and then when I compare it to um, some of my girlfriends who have the app, I I see that women are te- like tend to be more presentable on the app. Like they, you know, their own makeup and they've like their hair's done nicely, their own nice clothes. Um, whereas I see a lot of like comparatively like 
sloppier looking men on on whatever these dating apps are in a random t-shirt really blurry photo you know hair is just not done like if we just look at the stereotypically like top three like attributes like okay your face looks okay your hair is done you're wearing okayish clothes then i feel like women tend to have to be or feel the pressure to look Mm. a lot more presentable in society day to day more often men can get away with having a personality if they don't look like typically attractive whereas women like there's that whole oh he's funny like careful with a funny man because you'll drop your pants for him like there's that whole sketch about if he's funny yeah as like a flip side (laughs) as a person who has experienced both there's so much more pressure on like me transitioning and like being a woman on a dating app or like in general as my appearance there's so much more pressure on me to be more feminine or and or looking whatever compared to back when I was male where I could just get away with just like looking average and I think it comes down to a lot of things I know if you listen back to our hair episode we talk about a lot of the the stigma around that and the the expectations that society tends to place on women and then it's it's little things like if you go to an occasion you feel like you have to be you know, on top form, as presentable as possible. Your hair has got to be as perfect as it can be. We've got to be pristine. Definitely. And that's just the standard expectation. That's not, you push the boat out. That's just, oh, she's made an effort. I think beauty Average, norms definitely, yeah. like it's it's such a, a big conversation. But I mean, if you look at, I guess, changing beauty norms and stuff and the way that society obviously preys upon, upon people's insecurities, especially with women, I mean, something that you guys have touched upon in previous episodes as well, but if you look at the changing barometer of, I guess, ethnicity or like the fact that now it's it's always about being, you know, ambiguously sort of ethnic, even if you're not ethnic, it, it, from an ethnic background, you know, so it's like... Shut up, Kylie Jenner. I mean... That's All these beige looking hoes. <laughs> Why is yeah. everyone beige? <laughs> I mean, think about it like this, right? It's like, it's not enough to suddenly just look the way that you are. It's now a case of you know, you have to have the lips from this culture and the small nose from this culture and the big eyes. It's like Eurocentric, well, we'd say formerly Eurocentric beauty standard, but now it's been sort of the more accepti- acceptably exotic, in obviously quotation marks, that you look, the more attractive you're... Oh, Honestly, that word. we're not talking about Rubicon Mango. I don't want to hear anyone <laughs> describing the person as exotic. <laughs> like, it's just I want the juice, thing. though. The Rubicon oh, Mango juice is thick oh, and delicious. So so good and we can you know obviously it's also so i mean oh and hashtag not spawn but you know if you want to if we do want to get another you're not convincing me i think you are sponsored look i i I think it's (laughs) i'm really flattered that you think people actually want to pay me for my opinion (laughs) and uh maybe maybe who knows this will this will lead to some future endorsement deals um but (laughs) on the on the damning topic (laughs) of um racial fetishization um it's such a an issue and it's a case of it feeds into everything you know you feel conscious about how big your nose is or how thin your lips are or you know maybe my eyes are too small or maybe my face is too wide you have to check all the boxes yeah Yeah. all the boxes i mean even from a makeup point of view as well it's you know people people want to look different but also socially acceptable in a, in a different way I mean I my personal example is when I started wearing makeup it was out of a pressure because 
people at uni were like, oh, you look so tired and what's wrong? And I'm like, this is my face. And these are my dark shadows. Under That's my literally me every day. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, and it's like, maybe, uh, coming back to the bluntness thing, it's just like, if you know that that's just my face, do you think maybe you could reserve, you know, your opinion, perhaps? <laughs> maybe don't. Maybe don't yeah, like, say anything to 7am in the morning. <laughs> I don't want to know. Yeah, but um, huge problem, I feel. Like you, you reference their cultural influences. Mm. I know all of us here come from different cultural backgrounds. Well, I guess some of you more similar than others, but what do your cultural backgrounds tend to dictate when it comes to females' physical attractiveness? How much importance is placed on it? Oh, <laughs> oh so much. Like, like... If, if I talk about myself, just, just me as, like, a standard, you know, woman or what, what a woman should look like. I'm very, like, small, as you all know. And whenever I go into any family function, I always get stared at because I'm not curvy enough. And there's a woman who walks by who's curvy or, or like, the right amount of curvy that I should be. They look at her and go, oh, my God, she's so fat. And then they say, oh, my God, you should be like her. And then there's like, it's just so great. I'm supposed to be, you know, trying to strive towards being more curvy, more curvaceous, but she's also supposed to be getting skinny. Like, there's no perfect. So, like, it's like double, yeah, there's like double standards. And people, I feel like, just are just out there to judge if that, you know, oh, for no yeah. apparent reason. There and is it, no honestly, scale. it's fucking, it's a, girls are mess, right? So I grew up, so like, people will look at me and be like, Oh, you're either over an average weight or slightly on a slender slide. Not right now because I gained several uh, stones over lockdown. But, um, and I always refer to myself as, oh, I've gotten so fat. Like, if I'm not, like, close to 10 stone, um, I'm like, oh my God, I am obese. Like, what the fuck is this? Because my family called me fat for so many years. And then I realized I wasn't. Or like, and it's just, it's still like very ingrained into me. But um, there's someone that I know, and I'm not going to air out names. Um, that is an older person. We'll call her auntie, right? So this auntie said to me, I'm so upset. Both my daughter-in-laws are not what I wanted. And... And, like, one oh, of them so is, like, quite short and um, curvy in a beautiful way. Gorgeous figure. Like, you know, I would say, like, a size 8 to 10 be due to her shortness. But she has gorgeous curves. Like, like a stunning, stunning shape. And um, the other daughter-in-law is, like, the most average-bodied person you'll see in the world. Like, you know, there's no titties. Well, there's average tits, average ass. Nothing over-exaggerated or accentuated. Just an average human being. And she's um, she's a very pretty, gorgeous girl. And um, it's like, oh, none of them look like how I wanted. I was like, oh, how did you want? And she's like, when I got married, I was a stick, thin, like very, very thin. Very much like mm. you physically, everybody at home can't see Pankty, but like, um, I would say like she looked like Pankty, like when she got married, like really slender, great, fairly athletic, fairly athletic Flat. body. Um, and then like I was like, the fuck, you ain't from the UK though. They like, just want to like I'm juice confused. you up <laughs> because she wanted stick thin daughter in laws, but she got a curvaceous goddess who was still a size 8 to a 10, 
but still has gorgeous curves. And then an average looking girl who's like a size 10 to a 12. And like, who's taller? One is like five foot, the other is like five, six, right? Like an average height. And I'm just like, girl, what do you want here? Like, I, like from an outside perspective, yeah. obviously growing up, I never had pressure of like looking a certain way in regards to being female. But even as male, like, it was very like, you're fat, what are you doing? You need to go to the gym. You need to stop eating crisps. You need to stop eating Kit Kats. I had an obsession with Kit Kats. Um, and yeah, like it's, it was very much a thing. Too much pressure. I wanted to also note as well, like this whole mother-in-law narrative of them wanting very specific uh, body types, very specific looks for their future daughter-in-laws and being very disappointed when real girls come into their family. I feel like there's a real element of passed down trauma in a sense that when mm, they come into the family definitely. in their generation, they are talked down, they are criticized, they were taught certain things growing up. And then you you deal with this and you can do it to your future daughter-in-law and that is how you're going to process this. Um, and I know like even, even my mom's generation they're carrying that through and they're pretty modern in you know all senses of the word but I you know I still feel that pressure to have and going on the hair topic you know flawless you know body like clean of any hair um long flowing thick hair on my head yeah it is so interesting I don't think they want that I don't think they know what they want but that's what they experienced and then they just know to pass it on which is horrible there's something to be said as well i mean it's coming back to the same point but i mean we're all members of uh, i'd say different diasporas and there's this kind of navigation of homelands almost where it's your ancestral home and your cultural heritage and then also um the uk so you know different differing uh beauty norms with your cultural community and also this community as well in the uk and the influences from that and it's there's this real dissonance, I feel, because on one hand, you've got you should be curvaceous and all the right ways, perfect Instagram body, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And then you've also got slim, pretty, like, you know, of an acceptable kind of curve. Like there, there's, there's all these different requirements that are set out there. And it's also, I feel like identity tends to kind of fluctuate between the two, because if you're trying to work out what you value mm. in each community then you also have to navigate which social norms and which cultural norms you take on with that. Um, I mean, for example, I look at my, like myself and also it's like religion and culture. Um, and then also with like the UK. So for those of you who don't like who are listening and don't know, I wear a hijab or a scarf on my head. Um, and I look at that and on one hand, it's very accepted in my cultural community. I live in the UK and, you know, if it's Boris Johnson, I don't wear like a, a face covering, but he would assume that I'm, you know, a letterbox. Um, and it's it's interesting because you find that some guys will not be interested in you because you wear a scarf. And then you have other guys from the same cultural community who um, only want a girl with a scarf. And there's, there's things like that where it's a case of, uh, you know, I mean, if we reduce it down to its most base form, a, a material on my head is suddenly another added element to dictate my level of attraction or my worth or my value and it's horrible that we reduce women down to such base things obviously we all want someone who's attractive to us but at the same time it's like you you kind of end up having this identity crisis where you have to kind of 
middle between the two and work out what's important to you and what's not because there are also elements of mm. you that you can't change like for example the way your face looks I mean yes you can have plastic surgery and you know it's a, it's a different topic and there's nothing wrong with it inherently as long as it's from a face of I'd say self-esteem which obviously then is being preyed upon by society at large but um you know we're so quick to demonize people for the way that they look or we'll say your nose is too big your lips are too thin but also we disregard the fact that people look the way that they are because it's representative of their culture and their heritage you know this isn't just my nose this is the nose of my ancestors Mm -hmm. these are the lips of my ancestors it's like we're so keen to Mm. erase individuality to kind of create a monolithic society in a way so from my perspective i think what Faz said is really interesting about the sometimes the dichotomy of where you grow up and what your cultural kind of background dictates and in terms of me personally i'm i'm half jamaican and i remember seeing quite an interesting documentary a couple of years ago that was showing that jamaican women will be like will have so much pressure to be like so curvaceous they were like eating chicken feed and that was like a normal practice like they would wow all of the health like side effects that come with that they were just like they would basically just told eat this if you want to put on some meat you know eat what the chickens eat bulk out get as big as you can and they were getting all these health problems coming off the back of it but they were just being told you need to be bigger you need to be curvier and it's it's mind-blowing that women are literally being force-fed like their cattle i also read that article and it fucked me uh, Watch the documentary, it... it's even worse. Oh no. Um that what I can't remember. But it's definitely on YouTube, I think. I'll I'll dig it out somewhere. But yeah, they showed like the women eating the, the chicken feed and, and they were um taking like skin bleaching tablets. Just all the stuff that you shouldn't be happening. I know skin bleaching is a massive issue in the Caribbean. And in India. There was um yeah, I was going to say, there was um, a friend of mine who, like, her nanny, her grandma, gave her, because she was um, wheatish, as they politely call it in India. It's, like, slightly darker-skinned um, than most of her family members. And her grandma gifted her this stupid oh, product called Fair and Lovely. And literally, and... Um, it basically bleaches your skin. She was given that as like a birthday present. And it was just so, I was just so, I just couldn't understand why that was a present, you know? Hey, there you go. Maybe it would help if you lightened your skin so you'd fit in more. It's really bad. That's so bad. Yeah, it's just scary that we, that people get pressured into doing such damaging things to their body. I can't believe we're still on the first point of that the survey. <laughs> this but, um, it's, it's a can of yeah. worms. It really. Also, also, just like a side note, you know they renamed it, and they renamed oh, it Glow and Lovely. Oh, I heard about that. Like how how is that any better than Fair and Lovely? Just... That's horrific. Stop. No. Like let's just re- let's just replace it with you know a synonym so that the nomenclature doesn't really matter and it doesn't propagate racial stereotypes. Or just outlaw it completely does. and be like you're not allowed to sell lightening or bleaching creams of the skin because it's harmful to you. That's the thing. It's not though because obviously skincare like standards are different in different countries. It's not. 
it may not be seen as being harmful. So I guess that's a bit about where what, what our cultures dictate around the pressures on women. But how do we personally feel them? Be it social media, be it relationships, I don't know, family, people around us. How do you personally feel the pressure? Is there anything you're consciously doing or not doing because of this pressure you feel? You may feel no pressure at all, actually. Throwing that out there. So there was a time, um, if people do remember... You did when we first met. In my life. <laughs> that was because of is this. Is that the auntie haircut? Um, so... Oh, my God. Yes, it is. So I had very short hair. It was essentially called a pixie cut, but it was definitely... I looked like a guy. Um, but in, I feel like as I was growing up, um, every woman in my family had long, luscious, thick hair, and thankfully, so do I. But um, people were telling me, you know long thick beautiful black hair is um and it has to be black hair it cannot be brown or auburn it just has to be jet black you know that's why you have to oil it every day you can't really go out in the sun that much otherwise it will lighten your hair you know all these weird caveats um and you know long hair is supposed to make you feel beautiful and that's what you know i've been hearing so much my aunties used to say it um a lot of my friends moms used to tell me that and i just did not feel beautiful at all like, you know, the length of my hair was supposed to dictate how someone else should perceive my beauty. And I just got so frustrated with it. I felt, I didn't feel confident at all in my physical appearance. And I chopped it all off. And I look so bad, but oh my God. <laughs> I was like, yeah, my personality is the only thing going for me right now. So, and that really helped you my came- confidence. So. Like no, I was up, I've... just going to say Sorry. you came in like a pixie of joy when we met you and you had You really did. Hair. I did. Oh, I'm glad. I honestly, I felt like I wasn't hiding behind a curtain of hair anymore because my hair was like down to my, Jeez. probably touching my bum really. And it was just so heavy to like, it was so difficult to manage. And I just didn't, I couldn't put two and two together. So why my the length of my hair correlated to me feeling beautiful and how someone else was you know judging my beauty on the basis of the length of my hair and it just mm. I just felt so powerless and I was like it's my body it's my it's some, it's something dead that's growing out of my you know my scalp how is that supposed to you know help me gain confidence about my physical appearance yeah. something I have no control over oh for me like body's been a huge one like I growing up I always had this idea that I was on the larger side and like when I look back like so many of my friends had that more Eurocentric body type or like they catered to that where they were on the skinnier side um and like my friends from like East Asian backgrounds for example also on the skinnier side and it was like wow like I'm huge I'm a whale I'm an elephant I don't look like these people that that played on me from quite a young age I think I was very aware from quite young that that like that felt like pressure Mm. it felt like I wasn't fitting in in that sense and that that was impeding my ability to be attractive that's really hard like you just learn it from who's around you and it's insane because those same curves that we learn to berate or you were like 
and now the ones everyone exactly, wants. Like exactly. <laughs> but not if you not if you actually are part black. Nah, that's not allowed. You need to be white and curvy. But white, but not too white. You need to be tanned yeah. white. If you can claim it from someone else, it's insane. Yeah, delicious shade of beige. It's with just all like... sorts of lumps in the pumps. Yeah. Who decided that? The Kardashians. <laughs> This is it. There's there's this poor representation yeah. everywhere. It's, it just seems that so. if you are born with it, that's not acceptable. Mm. But if you can steal it, mm. then good Agreed. on you, girl. Steal it, inject it, go for it. Whatever, whatever the means. I hate. I feel attacked. About... I don't come for my fake titties. Apologies. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> They're functional. It's okay. <laughs> no, it's good. Um, I functional? Actually... Nothing happens with them. They're just big old sacks of silicone on my chest. They're functional for... for, 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 for... The aesthetic. <laughs> I was going to say, what are you going to say there? <laughs> what are they people also, people also like judge chest size, which is something... Oh my god, don't no even get me started on that one. <laughs> like... <laughs> Honestly, my some people just look at me and just like, wow, uh, how are you gonna, look, you know, just nature will nature will handle you know that, I mean? and you can go mind your business. Like, yeah. it's so difficult because it's nice to share insecurities, but also it's so easy to go into a like. I feel myself going into a bit of a spiral here because mm. I'm like, what are all the things? <laughs> I feel like we keep triggering this at you. <laughs> Why you every, always every other week? Oh, it's the PM spiral. Yeah, it's it's because <laughs> you just start like thinking about truly what have you learned to pick up and what is hard to you know unlearn. You know that it's bad, but still you feel that pressure that mm. you're not complete without it. So my touch point is hair for me. And for other people, it's their body and boobs and and it's yeah, it just it it's really good to share it and it yeah, I think it's more healing to talk about it. Sorry, I just wanted to say that because I was like, fuck, like this is there's just a lot to unpack. No, good. One get thing it out. I've noticed yeah. as well from like my niece, for example, my niece is four years old. She's just started school. She's already aware of way too much. And that's where you realize just how messed mm. up our society is. She came. So my sister is, is uh, half mixed, half white. So she's very fair in complexion. Um, and my sister is, uh, my sister's fully black. Um, we don't share the same dad. Um, my niece said to my sister one day, where's your wig? Wow. And I was stood there like, okay. She already has been taught that apparently women need long straight hair. And she's four years old. She doesn't know any better. She doesn't know that she was saying something that, you know, if she was 10, 20 years older, would have probably been seen as quite a, an offensive dig. Um, Sorry. Yeah, and she'll she'll say to me all the time. She'll say to my mom, "Oh, you've got crazy hair. If our hair's out, she hates her hair oh. being out. She has because she is half mixed. She has curly hair naturally. It's like quite thin, but it's very curly. She has to have it plaited. She will cry. She will scream. She will not leave the house unless her hair is plaited. Oh wow! And she's four years old. 
That is, she's so young and like she knows, she's she knows so the dick. Yeah, she can't so read cute. yet, yeah. but she knows that she doesn't like her curly hair. So, but the, oh, wow. the, the thing is, though, these their differences are so subtle, and she can pick that up. So imagine what it does to women who it impacts every day, right? Adult. This is why we are the way we are now. Mm. We pick up these things Absolutely. from such a young age, and it's so hard to unlearn. I hate to be that person, but social media, everyone's favorite topic of choice. Um. It always, I mean, I feel like with obviously the prevalence of social media and the number of platforms and stuff, I feel like, you know, people get exposed to content from such an early age that honestly just dictates so much of their experience. I mean, I feel like we're all on TikTok, right? Yeah. (laughs) Stacey, you didn't say yes. I did. Sorry. Was that fun? Oh, sorry. (laughs) Um, We are all on TikTok. (laughs) And I'm sure we've all seen some interesting content, is, is all I'll say. Um, <laughs> That's some weird shit on that bitch. Honestly, like, some of it is, like, really wholesome and lovely, and people posting that art or, like, you know, random, like, nice bits. And some of it, you're just like, oh, my God, I understand why everyone hates us. Um, I know that we're in, like, a weird kind of bubble of, like, are we millennials? Are we Gen Z? Are we zillennials? But, like, it's, it's really strange to me because there are literal children on this app right and it's it's so normalized that like you would join tiktok um and start you know learning the dances and like learning the routines and whatever else and in some ways kids are you know picking up on things a a lot faster and i'd say that there's less emphasis on street smarts and more like on a technology kind of smart basis because that's the way society is heading but at the same time you realize that like i mean from a personal perspective disney movies shaped so much of my upbringing disney channel that kind of thing yeah and it's like now it's like we look back and like you see some things and you're just like oh that's weird with you know about the disney bits but you're also like this was my upbringing these are the expectations i had i grew up obviously we we grew up like you know late 90s like early 2000s expecting everyone to wear layers and layers of clothing and colorful colors and you know which you know we all did at that time um and now the expectations and the norms for beauty for behavior for attitude all of it is it's a completely different benchmark and so many kids are like are being influenced by instead of disney and by by like tiktok content creators like your kid will come out of the womb doing the renegade and there's nothing you can do That's the sad truth. Apparently, I found out that apparently my niece had like sent some TikTok dance, prob- dance like probably on YouTube. She's on YouTube a lot, like a kid's version of YouTube. And apparently, my brother was so quick to cuss her and make sure she wasn't wow. doing it again. Stacey, one day, one day, Fear's going to turn to you and she's going to look at you like in complete seriousness. And she's going to say, I had never seen two pretty best friends. <laughs> Don't Don't even. Um, I'm gonna mention Vine, and she's gonna tell me to like. She's gonna tell me how old I am. And it's crazy to me that we think that we're so technology, like we're so advanced that every generation. I I don't even want to think. My niece has an iPad and an Amazon uh, tablet. That Amazon Fire is it? She's got both. Oh my god. So it seems we all have experience pressures of a physical sense but if we lump kind of number two and three together on that list so you've got empathy kindness nurturing honesty and morality 
what kind of pressures do you think you felt around how you must present yourself and how you must come across? Had obviously my journey as a woe man has been a little bit different to you lovely uh, biological ladies biological cisgendered bitches um <clears throat> so when i transitioned i had such a huge pressure on like appearance and it was literally based all around like hyper femininity and you know being the most femme bitch i can be and even down to the point there like i went to work once pretty much how you see me every day stacy um in an oversized dark emerald jumper and leggings and sneakers and my manager at the time was like oh my god you can't dress like that anymore you're a lady now <laughs> and i was sitting like a fucking man spreading and like talking however i want to talk and she's like that's so unladylike <laughs> you can't do that anymore and i'm like Ratham, what are you telling me? And um, the next day she comes in in a j- same jumper, but in like, I don't know, a difficult, difficult different color scheme and um, like skin type black jeans and sneakers. I'm like, bitch, you stole my look and you're going to tell me I'm not ladylike. So because you're a cisgendered woman, you can get away with it. But because I'm a trans woman, I have to be more feminine because it's like I have something to prove. And I have experienced that so much in a sense of like having to prove myself as a woman just because of the fact that i'm trans do you still feel the pressure like to date to dress a certain way or buy um certain clothes you know what i know i no longer feel the pressure to like be that you know um i dress however the fuck i want to dress i talk however the fuck i want to talk you know there's days and this is why like you know i've been having sort of conversations with myself around sort of the gender binary and sort of like you know gender in itself like i identify more as you know non-binary in the sense of i'm just myself i don't need a label you know so i use she they pronouns now rather than like she her whatever do you know what I mean? But like, I, yeah, I, I, like if someone used gender neutral terms to just talk to me or talk about me or anything, I'd be absolutely fine with it. I'd probably prefer it just for the simple fact that fuck the norm. I, I'm myself, you know, if I want to wear a tux and high heels, I'm going to wear a tux and high heels. If I want to look like a fucking lumberjack, I'm going to look like a fucking lumberjack. What's a guan to you? Fuck off, man. I ain't got time. Applause to that. <laughs> I still feel I the pressure like- in different ways though like not necessarily in the how I dress or like how I portray myself in regards to femininity and masculinity but more so weight like I have like the issue of weight at the moment because you know that ingrained you know my mum telling me oh, why are you so fat in terms of like the personality side obviously having I guess kind of seen both sides of the fence do you think you have to or do you feel any pressure to to temper your personality or has anyone insinuated that you should be more you know ladylike in that respect or like traditionally like quieter meek and mild seen not heard 100 percent. i got that and i started to cater to that when i first started to transition um and you know, that was... whole empathy, honesty, kindness, morality, it yeah. seems to imply that more mm. quiet, timid Look, woman. 
for anybody that knows me, like, will know that I am extremely nurturing. I'm so motherly and I care and I love and I I give my heart and my all to everyone in any form of relationship, whether that's a friendship or platonic or, you know, um, romantic, whatever. Like, I give my all to anything and everyone because I just wear my heart on my sleeve and I was able to express that more um when I transitioned because I couldn't do that when I was male but like I could totally do it when I was female um so yeah having the sense of like no longer having to abide by the gender norms of like masculinity and femininity etc like I get to just be who or whatever I want so yeah like I've been a lot more nurturing and shit on that front not meek and mild because <laughs> i ain't got time for that shit nah i was gonna to be fair like it's a bit of an odd one because i was about to say then i i don't really feel that pressure to be meek and mild either because I, I think i'm quite outspoken but as i'm saying it there's a little niggle at the back of my head that probably thinks i i am more conscious than i think mm about how I come across sometimes like if I think back there was a a time in the workplace a while ago where it felt like the guys were becoming quite laddie and they were you know the way they'd be discussing women for example the types of words they'd be using to describe women um it was like I couldn't have that I couldn't say those things like about men because I'd be labeled I'd I'd be seen as oh she's oh she needs she needs to rein it in a little bit that's not you know that's not the the done thing that would be yeah. uh, like controversial to be having those types of conversations or speaking in that in that manner so as much as I think I don't care I think it's still ingrained in me to be conscious of the way I speak and the particularly around new people how I present myself definitely. And I don't know if um, if you guys feel this way as well, but like in terms of my experience, like from a cultural perspective, like being Asian, I find the whole meek and mild thing kind of comes out with um, not being too much for a guy if you want to have a nice husband, Um, which is kind of like for example when i when i look at myself i like to i mean as you as you can probably tell i love to be chatty i like to have a good conversation for me intelligence and wit are really important i love having that rapport with someone and kind of going back and forth so the conversation feels a bit like ping pong so it's important for me to have that and to be able to talk and express myself and go on a rant or a ramble if i need to but i also find that there's this pressure to not be um to not talk too much um to not you know be too much or over the top and to kind of let it unfurl slowly but also not be too controversial with opinions and kind of you know uh, be be a nice girl if that makes sense or you know be a bit more uh less ott because you don't want to seem crazy and too much and like like you'd be a problem almost which which is all really damaging language by the way i'm fully aware of that but this is kind of like the narrative that gets fed quite a lot i find and you end up then you know being labeled as like a know-it-all or someone who is just gonna you know i mean there's that there's that uh, stereotype of like a career woman or an independent woman but not in a positive empowering way but in a way where it's like um somehow it gets lumped in with kind of emasculating a man as opposed to saying 
um, she's a strong woman, so she would mm. require a strong man. It kind of becomes she's a strong woman, so you've got a problem because she's, she's bossy. Gonna, yeah, she's going to be bossy, overpower the guy, etc. I was going to say, Faz, did you not get the memo? Apparently, women aren't funny. Oh yeah, I heard. What? Yeah, we're we're not we're not funny. It's um... I'm hilarious. No, it makes sense. We aren't funny. We're not funny at all, apparently. No. So we just shouldn't. We just shouldn't try to express any form of wit, because we just don't have any. It's good. Yeah, I don't have any anyway. So. I don't know what it means to laugh. Actually, that's not true. I find men to be the funniest. (laughs) I'm always laughing when I'm around men. No. (laughs) Have you not heard that thing, Panksy? That women aren't funny. Who said this? I'm sorry. Like men <laughs> not all men that's not a big sweeping generalization but there's a lot of stuff where men will be like female comedians and this that oh, and the other I was just oh, about women to say aren't that. funny like also, like oh i don't really like you you know like you know when there's like comedians um so i had this conversation once with someone and i was like oh i really this is a uh, controversial um i was like oh i loved ellen's stand-up like you know it was so funny and and this individual you know what, I'm an Aaron. My brother was like, nah, all she does is ever talk about is being gay. And I'm just there, like, all fucking Paul Chowdhury ever talks about is being brown. How is that any different? Snaps. Snaps, snaps, snaps. Do you know what I mean? I don't understand. Like, just rain, just the skits of being brown. And that's fucking hilarious. But the second a woman starts talking about her vagina for an entire skit, that's fucking an issue. Wow. Do you think it's problematic that, um, what's her face? Superwoman has been dragged to hell for everything. I mean, she kind of she. That is, I must admit, she's not funny to me. She is kind of like <laughs> touch and go, but oh, Lily Singh. Oh, I'm sorry, I do. Not I love her. Lily Singh, but she is kind of grating. I... But are we conditioned to hate her a bit more? I think people will come for her just because of the fact that she's a brown woman succeeding and she's a bisexual. So I just don't find in her my funny. Eye, That's my only issue. They see you're now part of the problem. Stop it. I just don't find her funny. I, I found <laughs> a solution. I, I don't like her. I, okay, I mean, if we just go from a comedic perspective, I don't like, and this is not just her, this is kind of anyone who fits into this category, I don't like her style, which is just get louder to be funnier. Like, you know, go yeah. big like go big go loud and for me that's yeah. like i like the subtleties the nuances like the irony like the small bits right i don't find her funny i find her yeah she's like like she falls into the category of like lele ponds oh, and that God. is not a category you want to be in yeah <laughs> but i understand that we are pulling out another female comedian when there are loads of funny ones out there. Yeah. There are. We, we recognize Sarah that. Silverman. I love that bitch. Sarah Silverman. Sarah like Eugenia Yashere, Sarah Millikens. There's there's loads out there. Oh my god, what's that? What's the... I can't remember her name, but her surname is Wong, and she I love knows. Amy oh my god. I hate Amy Schumer. Amy Schumer. I sound um, like Amy Schumer. I hate that bitch. She's so annoying. Do you know how I don't like Anna Kendrick? Oh, my oh. that's a whole nother discussion. <laughs> is that even a comedian, is she? Whoa, guys, let's not drag women. No, but uh, at the same time, we I'm dragging human beings. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a point there. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't, we shouldn't be told we can't drag other women if the circumstances arise. To we, 
if we cater too much to that whole we should be nice to everyone thing, I think we feed into that narrative even more. If I don't like someone, I'm allowed to not like them, whether they are a man, woman, whoever. Or anything in between. Exactly. I'm just going to throw that out there. I don't want to have to feel like I have to support someone just because they identify as a woman. That's true. I understand. And our criticism lies with their like approach or their comedic styling, for example, as opposed to their gender. I guess following on from the whole women and humour topic, if we delve into one of the other words or some of the other words that were featured in that second and third list, that idea of the empathy and nurturing side, have you guys ever felt the pressure to be maternal or to be displaying like potential to be maternal like to be that mother to be childbearing i wouldn't say childbearing but like whenever because i'm not very good with kids and (laughs) i'm i'm not i'm don't i i'm maternal i'm nurturing but i'm just not it doesn't come naturally to me to kind of you know be attentive or play with kids and i can only interact with kids like after a certain age maybe after like 11 or 12 because like I can have a conversation with them and whenever people see me having a problem with that like instantly I'll be the butt of the joke because I'm supposed to be okay with any age of child and supposed to look after them at any stage of their life and I just I just can't I just don't naturally have that in me um and I felt like the pressure kind of like try toddlers or try and get along with babies or like you know just be that much more just a bit more nurturing than perhaps I'm coming across and to be very honest it's just so hard it doesn't come naturally to me so it's just so hard I just hate those little fuckers I don't hate them this is the thing I just don't hate them but I'm I just I can't I don't know what to do in the sense that yeah I like I can play with them for a bit but after that I'm just like Yo, what do I do with you? You're just staring at me. It gets yeah. me it's when they try like and weird. hand you babies. And I'm like, don't hand me a child. I will drop it. I don't know what the fuck to do with this thing. Exactly. It's just that like, weird expectation that all women should want to be mothers. And, I like, do want to have should, a kid, should be but... good with kids and, you know, it should come naturally. It's really it's interesting. Like, yeah. I want to adopt just... like a like a six-year-old start out to deal with the fucking like weird years. And like all that shit, like I'm alright. A six year old, I feel like I should be able to have the combos that should be alright, but <laughs> no. I struggle with that idea of having to have your own kids because I don't, I don't particularly feel confident in the future of the world in a sense that I could safely bring a child in and know that their future is like okay. Preach. Um, so my fear of having children is based on that and then like I don't really talk about that much because it's such a far away thing for me but in terms of being maternal um, it's not actually from a point of view of kids it's more of a point of view of looking after the family for me um, and demonstrating that maternal aspect by emulating my mother um so like from a very young age it's been all about you know helping my mother out being able to ease her stresses look after my dad look after my granddad make sure my brother's okay um more about my granddad and my dad than my brother actually 
and that's that's kind of the maternal nurturing side that I've been brought up to um really like exude a bit more <laughs> exude like a goddess um but I think for me it's definitely more lo- looking after other people and that's turned into <laughs> being a people pleaser which is it's, it's hard uh, <laughs> we're tra- trying to handle it but yeah it's kind of manifested in that way and I'm trying to turn it into more of a positive thing by being like okay like this is how you can build community and a safe space by like being able to care and be able to like bring people in and try and like make them feel comfortable rather than thinking of it as I've been trained to be a housewife which maybe at the start that was what it was for (laughs) yeah See, I, I, I think re- more recently, <clears throat> since my niece was born, and now I've got a nephew as well. Like I've, I've realised I'm quite good with kids. To be fair, I was a brownie leader when I was younger. I think I've always been quite good with kids, and I've always wanted kids. But I, I don't think I've actually felt a massive amount of pressure to be like a mother at some point. Like no one's ever told me that is your expected path at all. Um. I don't know if it's me kind of subconsciously wanting to emulate someone like my mom, like where you bring up like a, you know, a fairly happy household. But I think it's just, it's been ingrained in me since I was little that I'd want to, I'd want to have kids at some point. But maybe, maybe it's society that's put that on me and I don't even realize maybe I'm that like, you know, succumb to the system that I don't even know anymore but yeah I've, I think I've always grown up wanting that kind of structure and you know I think I am quite good at it but I've not felt the pressure it's more from myself as far as I'm aware mm. I'm quite lucky I don't have like the the family unit in the sense of like a typical family unit of like mum dad etc because you know that relationship ended so like I don't have like a pressure from like a family point of view to have children or anything like that. But um, I don't even have a sense of like societal pressure, I guess, I think from like that side of things. But I think um, people are taken aback a bit, like when they realize how abrasive I can be, because I'm a very blunt person. Like, if I think you're being stupid, I'll be like, shut the fuck up. Like, I ain't got time. I'm not rude. I sometimes get to labeled as a rude or aggressive, which I can be. But if a guy said it, usually, like, say if, like, I'm talking to someone at work and someone in a, the team acts a certain kind of way to another person, then I act the same sort of way. It's going to be received completely differently because it's coming from woman. Do you know what I mean? And I said, oh, you should be X rather than Y. And I'm like, <laughs> you got it fucked up, bitch. No. You're sort of saying that that nurturing side people expect of, say, women in our society are not the same. Uh, that's not the same expectation put on men. So when you're not uh, demonstrating that's like, quote unquote, nurturing side and you're just being a bit more like upfront abrasive then people are like no you should be softer you should be more like 
this side of the spectrum of personality. It's, it's kind of like, whoa, where did that come from? Calm down, chill out. Where do you have to go no. so crazy for? Blah blah blah. Like, there's so much more commentary commentary around it. And I'm like, listen. First of all, I was raised and brought up in a way that you speak your mind, mainly because I was raised as a man. So. Yeah. I still have that sense of male privilege of being like, I'm going to speak my mind. Shut up. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. It's such a big topic to try and fit into an episode. I think we've, we've very much realized that this is such a can of worms and it's such a vast topic. So for the sake of not wanting to kind of end up opening more of Pandora's box, um, I guess to finish off, what, piece of advice would you give to your 10 year old self if we take in if we take these pressures into account if you know if if your 10 year old self was growing up in today's generation not how it was in the early 2000s if it was a 10 year old version of you now what would you want to tell them silenced i think it's, it's that simple for me like don't in any way shape or form be silenced belittled or fear-mongered into not having your opinion or your voice heard because it matters. Agreed. I've actually got three things which I'll try and reduce down as much as possible to not delay. Um, <laughs> one, The number one thing is um, however bad it might feel right now, whatever that thing is, it can absolutely always be worse. And if you continue to beat yourself up about whatever the thing is, you will absolutely find yourself in that worst place. It, it just, it will happen, whatever arena it is. Um, number two is um, whatever you're passionate about, pursue it because the way society changes, there is always gonna be a way to make it work for you or to make money off of it or whatever. So do not diminish um, your passions out of a practicality point of view. Obviously there's privilege within that, but you know, find a way to make it work. And um, the third thing would be, um, oh my God, it just slipped from my mind. Um, uh, <laughs> um, the, the, I mean, I, I can't remember it, um, but um, you know what? At the end of the day, however much it doesn't, wow. <laughs> it was so it was so good. It was gonna be a real mic drop moment as well. Um, but anyway, let's just go with, um it absolutely does not matter beyond this moment like every single thing that you think is important is just not going to matter even if it's like in a week's time or whatever wherever you are at the next step that's always going to be the next thing that matters so don't take everything too seriously literally be open and know that life chops and changes and yeah pack two um i would definitely say stop comparing yourself to others because that's one big issue I have. Like, oh my God, you know, she has X, Y, Z, but I don't, you know, how can I, you know, improve myself when I genuinely couldn't change my physical appearance, right? It was what I was given, um, I was born with, um, rather. To cut your hair, it's absolutely fine. Doesn't matter. You'll cry a little bit, but it will grow. Um, and honestly, don't be afraid to take drastic measures to kind of grow into the person you are now and just you know stay in your lane do do what you want to do keep your head down um and you'll flourish when your time comes 
Vietnam. There's a lot, but I think I'd say the differences that you're fighting now will set you apart in the future. So don't fight who you are. Just be true to yourself. As hard as that sounds right now, um, you won't regret it when you grow up. People want to emulate the differences that you have now. So don't cut yourself down for the common people. They want to be you soon. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I'd say. Stacy. I'd say life is too short to try and mold yourself. There is no such thing as perfect. Like, don't waste your time trying to be like other people. There's no point. So I guess that, you know, we could probably go on for days about what the advice would give our, our kind of past selves and, you know, the, the issues that we have around pressure. Um, it'd be interesting to get your thoughts um, as listeners, if there's any particular areas that we've not touched upon or if you disagree with anything we've said, or if you do agree, um, it would just be interesting to get different takes on where you felt pressure, um, different perspectives, not just, you know, women. Um, I think there's a lot of toxic pressure um, on all people in society in different forms. Um, so yeah, if you've got a different perspective as well, that'd be really welcomed for you to share, but thank you very much for your time. Um, it's been a, a roller coaster of an episode. We've had some technical issues. So apologies for that. We've tried our best. We've meddled through, um, as usual, like, and subscribe, um, and keep an eye out for next week's episode. Big thank you to Faz and Pankti for sharing this episode with us and we'll see you guys next week. Hey guys. Bye. Bye. I mean, folks. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And that's all, folks. <laughs>